Kia ora. Welcome to Define Talks, where Aotearoa New Zealand's leaders in architecture come together to explore the depths of design, construction and the pursuit of a better built environment. Get ready to expand your knowledge and be inspired. All right, hi everybody. This is ADNZ's Define Talks. My name is Glenn Murdoch from Thick Architecture. I'm Casey from CA Architecture, formerly Curtis Architecture. Um, we are a small family-run architectural firm here in Christchurch, specialising in all things um, architectural built environment, especially around sustainability and energy efficiency. Hi, and I'm Ian Cumberpatch. Uh, I'm working in a semi-retired role now, having downsized my architectural practice from six people. Uh, I've been in the, uh, the game, as they say, for just on 50 years. Uh, and uh, have built my business around personal service to residential and commercial clients. Uh, and I'd like to say that I have a very limited knowledge of the carbon footprint and greenhouse emissions, but I'm happy to participate in these podcasts with the hope that we'll all be better informed and educated. Okay, so uh, in today's episode of uh, ADNZ's Define Talk podcast series, we are going to be talking about uh, climate change and the impact that buildings do or don't have on climate change. Uh, we're going to talk about the role of the architectural design fraternity on uh, changing the way that their buildings are built, and we'll talk. We'll look briefly at the bigger picture around carbon footprints of buildings and if we can look beyond the building itself. So, uh, so I mean, this series is a is a conversation around decarbonising our buildings, and it strikes me that. Before we can have a conversation around that, we have to kind of agree on a starting principle around climate change and carbon footprints and things like that, where we have to agree right from the beginning that anthropogenic climate change, A, is real, that it actually exists, and B, that buildings are having an impact on it. So just that first point, A, what are your thoughts, Casey, on around the fact or otherwise that climate change is real and that humans are causing it? Yeah, well, this is such a massive topic at the moment and one that I've been researching and looking at for quite a while through um, the use of an introduction of uh, SIT panels as a building structure and methodology back in 2017. And then further on that, doing my passive house studies um, and working out what I actually believe in, um, what the purpose of our building should be and what our role is as designers and architects to um, look at ways that we can um, mitigate some impacts of climate change around carbon emissions. Um, And I just did some research even last night and I found a document from the Open University um, and it notes that our built environment is responsible for up to 30 to 40 percent of all global carbon emissions, which is far higher than any other sector which is quite outstanding yeah that's right so what about you in just in, in that, that first basic question is climate change real and are we as humans causing it yeah i, I think it is real most definitely part of my um recreational pursuits i like to go fishing so i get out in the back country quite a bit and see what's happened to the rivers and the lakes and i've done quite a lot of reading on on fishing of recent times um uh, globally which again refers to that thing i don't think there's any doubt that we, we have an issue with CO2 emissions, carbon, etc. I have to say, I don't have a great understanding of, of the wider... I have a, a very broad understanding of the wider picture, but I don't have a, a good understanding of the detailed picture and how we can do more about it. But definitely, um, our if, if the right word is contribution, our contribution to the problem through our buildings needs to be acknowledged. Mm. 
absolutely. Yeah, I fully agree. And Casey mentioned that for that, that number of thirty to forty percent globally, thirty nine to forty. Yeah, yeah. In, in New Zealand, it's still a massive number. I, I can recall over the last few years, the number of the number being around five percent that people talked about buildings contributing to New Zealand's uh, mm. carbon footprint. But then there's been some great research recently come out that says no, it's more like twenty percent, uh, and that's really interesting, eh? Because like you say, Casey, eh, people talk about transport and agriculture and those big ones, but no one's talking about buildings. Exactly, and it's not necessarily just the building and getting it built. It's transportation, materials, how they're made, where they're made, where we're getting them from, the time it takes them to get from A to B, um, and then also, you know, what it's like during the, the the life cycle of a building, what energy is being used, what does that look like, and how can we measure that? And so there's, in my eyes, there's in terms of building buildings and our carbon emissions around buildings, it's the transport and the manufacture of, our, of the products that we use and materials for building. It's the building of them and then the using of them and what energy is happening in that realm too. Yeah, great. And we're keen to come back and explore some of those ideas. So, uh, in so if buildings are this massive problem, historically it's been recognised that architectural design professionals, be they architectural designers or architects, impact on a fairly small proportion of the buildings that actually get built. So if that's the case, if we're only touching 5 to 10% or something like that of the buildings that get built, what role, what change can we make? What's the role that design professionals can have in solving this problem? What is, you've been in this game for a long time, Ian. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, fair, um, I think well, our, our role has to be to um, encourage our clients um, to understand uh, the impact uh, that all the buildings we build are having and for them to consider what their building may do. Um, if we all do a little bit, it all helps in the big picture. Um, be fair to say that a lot of the um, uh, residential projects we're all involved with, houses, have, as we know, have got larger. Um, they've got more complex. They use a lot more product that's important. So there's all the things which has been just been referred to about transportation things to consider. We also need to think about how long we build our, make our buildings to last for. You know, the, the code says 50 years, should we be building for 100 years? We need to think about that. We need to think about the cost of demolition. We need to cost, you know, real cost, not only money, but the real cost to, you know, to everybody. Yep. I fully agree. Uh, what do you think, Casey? What, what role do we have as design professionals in, this, in changing the game here? I agree with Ian. Um, I think it definitely comes down to um, architects and architects designers learning themselves and taking responsibility to make sure they are up to play with what is happening in the world and what their roles and responsibilities may be and then being able to help educate clients because I firmly believe it starts with education um, and a lot of that comes from government level, council level and things but then as individual practices we can help educate our clients, we can put them in the right direction of research if they'd like to go down that road, we can um, start implementing basic minimums that we're happy to design to. Um, and I think that is probably a quite crucial thing um, and working together with our clients to look at ways that we can um, combine energy efficient principles, even passive principles, look at the carbon emission of what we're doing um, and try and do what we can to incorporate as much as possible within their project budget. Yeah, I agree fully. Um, and I wonder if um, even beyond the buildings that we work on ourselves, which is a f- relatively small number, if... Over the years, eh, over the decades and the centuries, design professionals have been role models and have been very, very good at putting their work out there, 
you know, through media and photographs and whatever it might be. And I wonder if the work that we do as design professionals also has a really good role model to play for the rest of the industry, be it builders or volume builders or whoever it might be, the people that are putting a lot of buildings on the ground. Yeah, I, th- I think we do have a role. I mean, if we look at um, how, how people are exposed to buildings, um, most people um, live in probably one to four houses in their lifetime. Um, not many people build houses in the big picture. Not many people older houses. It would be fair to say the earthquake events introduced people to building contracts that they never imagined they would have been involved in building. So I think we've got a responsibility to um, educate our clients about the buildings they want and the cost of that building and to look at, get them to look at where their cost is going. They, they don't have any problem or generally saying, oh, we're allowed a budget of $50,000 for the AV system. You know, but what about why well, we allowed fifty thousand dollars to improve the building itself to make it a more efficient building? Some of these sort of conversations need to be had, I think, so that we get a better. So there is an understanding. You know, it's uh, everybody. Our, our buildings have got more expensive because they're more complex. People want much, much, many, many more things in them. So it only adds to the problem we've got. And I think the the exposure of buildings through publications, as you mentioned, Glenn, and through you know the television programs. The buildings we're seeing are all high-end projects. They're all complicated projects. They're all highly detailed. You know, massive excavations, heaps of concrete, all those sorts of things. So, which is which is lovely to have, but it's not addressing the big problem that we're talking about. That's really interesting. You said something good there, and we we live in a multiple. You know, most people live in a bunch of buildings during their life, mm. but that also means that a building over its lifetime has a whole bunch of owners and occupants. So that means that our responsibility goes beyond our client, mm. and it's a much bigger responsibility that we have eh, to society generally to put a building on the ground that is more durable it's going to last for longer but also for that entire lifetime it's going to be comfortable and healthy and as much as we can reduce its carbon footprint I think a lot of it does come down to the materials that we choose looking at the carbon footprint of those and also yeah as you said Ian in terms of how can we make buildings last longer so that we don't have to renovate them and then have additional carbon footprint on the buildings um, or for longer I guess Um, one stat I found on this open university document talked about um, that globally cement is responsible for 7% of all carbon emissions which means that almost 65% of all construction emissions are from cement so I think materials that we choose and that we select in our design mythology and construction has a really big impact on the performance of our buildings, how long they last, um, and then how user-friendly they become. That's yeah. a huge number, eh? That's, that's surprises me that the number's that big. That's globally, though, eh? And I wonder, because yes. in New Zealand we use, in the residential sector anyway, relatively lower levels of concrete than other, uh, you know, other countries where they might build concrete buildings. So I'm just really curious to see what that looks like in New Zealand yeah. as, we, as we explore this and topic. Com- and, com- and commercially, too. You know, Absolutely. residentially, yeah. you know, Concrete slabs are, are quite popular, and usually the majority of, of houses are built with a concrete slab, especially in Christchurch, um, being flatland and things. Mm. Um, and then, of course, commercially, a lot of our commercial buildings are largely concrete based, whether they're in, in situ or precast and things like that. Um, so that when I read that, I thought, mm, this is really helping me understand, you know, why I might select particular materials for a build project and, and what implications 
those selections and those, you know, my suggestions for building may have long, long, long term for the life of the building itself. So towards the start, Ian, you mentioned about the purpose of buildings, and I think this is a really interesting conversation. Eh? What, why, what are the, what are the buildings for? They're not just shelter. What are they for? Uh, and my feeling is that buildings. We experience architecture all the time. I think it's one of the art forms that we experience most. All the time we're experiencing it, even when we're walking down the street. So the purpose of buildings goes way beyond keeping the rain and the wind out. Uh, And my belief is that buildings are a critical part of the health of our society. They, They need to provide spaces that are healthy in terms of physical health, but also in terms of mental health as well. Uh, And we've got a real responsibility to deliver that yeah, we have. We have indeed. Yeah, I've always said that, the, you know, in, in our role as architects and designers, we have a responsibility. I mean, we're creating spaces and places for people to live in, to recreate in, to work in and to enjoy life in. And as you've just said, Glenn, you're, you're impacted. Whether you actually realise it or not, you are. And we've all walked into buildings that have blown your socks off. I remember walking into St Peter's in Rome and I was just overwhelmed, just absolutely overwhelmed. And I'm not a religious person. The building just blew my socks off. And yet you go into smaller buildings, we've all been into buildings that we've designed ourselves and you walk in and there's always this, often there's a lovely surprise about a view or the feeling or the colour or something that really works. So I don't think people actually understand that. Sorry, I don't think they know that, but they do understand it once they've experienced it. And I think we've all had clients that have said, hey, I never realised the building was going to do this, so I was going to get that or from it. And I think that's important. So it's um, we, we have a huge role and a huge responsibility to do that. But I think coming back to the materiality thing, um, our, 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 our clients, they all have expectations about, about what, what their buildings be built of. You know, and, and there's the case of managing what those will be and what those materials are going to be, and that in itself affects obviously the carbon footprint and where, where things are going. So it's, n- it's not an easy fix by any stretch of the imagination at all. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Definitely very much of an ongoing mm. topic that we need to take responsibility for and own our own education and then educate our clients and and come up with a way that we can, over time, kind of keep progressing with it, keep pushing, keep researching, keep looking at ways that we can make things better. And as you said, Glenn, you know, buildings provide us with shelter, with warmth, belonging and protection, as well as the other niceties and things. And I think a lot of what I try and help clients understand is, you know, building energy efficiency and passive principles and things like that you know, how much that's going to impact them, their health, their well-being, and then also, as a consequence, their mental health and well-being too. And for me, it is it is a lot about, you know, the emissions and how we can to build more efficient buildings, but it's also about how they can run, how they can be more healthy homes to live in. And a lot of the time I might, I might depending on the client, call it a healthy home or talk about ways that we can actually improve their quality of life um, because that's, that's one thing that's really important. And I always say, you know, imagine if we could have all of our housing stock as healthy homes. Imagine the implications of that on our health system 
in New Zealand. Absolutely. And yeah. how much money we would save. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got this idyllic dream where someone comes into my office and says, we want this massive house made of these horrible materials. And I say, no, I refuse. Go somewhere else. And then they go somewhere else. And that person says, no, I refuse. And they keep going. They can't find anyone to do this horrible building. I know that's idyllic, but that's my dream. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the questions I always ask my clients when we're having that <clears throat> initial chat. And let's face it, when you have the initial chat and it's a new client and it's a new project, everyone's quite excited about this and that, what we're going to do, and big, big, small colours, whatever. But I always ask my clients if they considered how much is it going to cost to run their house. Have you thought about what your annual running cost of your house is going to be? Quite often you get a, yes, we have, and others say, no, we never thought about it. What do you mean? You know, and apart from all the basic fixed things, rates, insurance, etc., have you thought about your cost of heating, your cost of cooling? You know, do you need to heat and cool your building? You know, do you need to have those costs? But how can we talk those things through? And I think it'd be fair to say a lot of people give more consideration to the fuel economy of their car than they do the yep. economy yeah. of their home. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I think there's a bit of a mind shift yep. there. Yep. Yeah. Correct. Yep. I, I get that a lot where mm. people want this and they want that. And mm. we talk about how the building might look mm. and the spaces. Mm. And then having a discussion with them about, okay, you know, how much are your power is currently? What kind of house are you living in currently? Mm. Well, how can we think about that differently? And how can we bring that cost down so mm. that you can live... You know, you don't have to spend all that money each week to run your home and mm. you can live more comfortably. Um, and people are sometimes, you know, my clients, depending on who they are, can sometimes be a little bit shocked at the fact that they can maybe control how mm. much they're having to spend on running their home <laughs> just by the selections of materials that they yeah. may choose um, and how energy efficient we go with it. Yeah, placement of windows. Yeah. I mean, one of my... Uh, Continual questions I ask myself is why are we still building multi-faceted glass-fronted commercial buildings that soak up all the energy we can imagine and yep. spend money, yep. money, huge money, yep. cooling them down from the inside. Yep. And I still haven't got my head around that. We've seen that in the last 10 years in Christchurch, mm. a, a large number of yes. mm. 100% glazed buildings go yep. up. And I believe the, from talking to colleagues, a lot of that has been driven by the demand of the tenant that they want these glass-type buildings. I've had some good conversation with colleagues around this where they've designed buildings which haven't had as much glass and there's been a kickback or pushback from the developer, no, we want this type of building. Interesting. So, you know, so the market's driving that, but there's there's a downside in my opinion, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, hey, now the last question I've got to, to chat about today is, is, so we've talked quite a bit about the buildings themselves, but the question I've got is, does the problem and does our responsibility go beyond the building itself? Do we need to start thinking about our impact on things like transport, uh, food production, um, the design of spaces around the buildings, those types of things that will be having an impact on carbon footprints and climate change? To what extent is that our responsibility and how much influence can we have is probably the harder question. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, um, good question. I mean, uh, we don't generally don't have too much impact or important to what's, uh, where our clients might decide to build their project or have their project. We may be asked to look at help selecting a site, but generally we can't say, well, I actually think you should be buying a site that's only 5Ks from town instead of 50Ks from town, so you don't have to travel in and out. So there's those sorts of conversations, but they're really held, you know, from my perspective, I've never had those conversations. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty seldom, eh? And, and so I, I wonder if the role is more of a advocacy kind of role around the way that development of the city gets done, the way that Greenfield's development do or don't get done, those types of things. Mm. I feel like there's a couple of aspects here that are coming up for me in terms of, again, material selection and manufacturing and looking at ways that we could, you know, try and focus more locally 
on the transport factor and you know where we get products from and materials from and also how we look at that line between our built environment and the outside environment or the public environment and you know how how that how that looks in terms of are we making sure that we're supplying really really good outdoor living spaces spaces which people um have they can kind of what am i trying to say here their quality of life is emulated by the spaces around them not just in the building itself Okay, so in this episode, we've talked about the, just the fact that climate change is real and that humans are causing it, and the fact that buildings are a significant contributor to the problem. We've talked about the role that architects and architectural designers have in addressing the problem, and about how the the role that we play goes beyond the, just the design work. Um, and then we've talked about the challenge of impacting on the the issues that we have beyond the building itself. Wow, so excited about the series. Um, We've got uh, Glenn, Ian and myself, Casey, as uh, hosts for the overall series. Um, And we're all really excited. Yeah, this is going to be fun. eh? I was looking forward to some interesting conversation. You've been listening to an ADNZ podcast.